Welcome to the Reiki Show, hosted by Reiki authors Bronwyn and Franz Steiner, founders of the International House of Reiki. Find out more at www.reiki.net.au. Hi, my name's Bronwyn, and today Franz and I have with us Claudia Bonney. Claudia was initially a volunteer in a hospice and a cancer centre in the UK, and then, because of her experience, she became employed in the mainstream by the NHS. At the same time, Claudia was also working with her own private practice. Her aim is to demystify healing in the mainstream environment. Welcome, Claudia. Hello. <laughs> I think our interest it would be first to find out, have you experienced differences between working in your private practice and working in mainstream healthcare with your Reiki practice? Well, yes, there have been for me huge differences in the sense that in your private practice, generally people can walk in and they might you know, have aches and pains or, or fears and worries. Working in a hospital setting, in the environment I was working in, which was hematology, you're dealing with people who are acutely ill. The actual type of patient you're treating is very, very different right from the beginning. What sort of places have you volunteered in, in the mainstream areas? Four years ago, I, I volunteered at a hospice and was there for two years. And then I had a further two years at a cancer centre. And this was followed shortly after by working with um, Angie Buxton and Graham King at University College Hospital in the haematology department there. It was really going up a gear in terms of yeah, the treatments that were being given and also just how unwell, acutely unwell the patients were. Do you see a difference in the actual treatment uh, of people who come to your private centre or people in the hospital? In terms of the healing that you're giving, you know, Reiki is Reiki and healing is healing. It's more to do with, as a practitioner, adapting to your, uh, to, you know, to, to, to what's required of you. So at home, in my private practice, I have all my things around me. I'm, I can control the environment. It's all, you know, looks right, smells right, all of that. The hospital, you're, you're walking into a hospital room, which is really quite dark and clinical looking and you're approaching the patient in a sense you're going into their room you're offering them something they may never have heard of before you're not in you're not in control in in the way that you are when you treat people at home so the environment is very very different but of course the the healing that you give is the same and would you say too that when you go into the hospitals that mm. for the practitioner it it maybe is much more difficult to do that because the environment is not what they can control as you say it? Yeah, well I think it I think it is very demanding. I mean it's it's so exciting and I feel really passionate about it and it's just wonderful that it's happening. Um and my experience is the patients, they, they love it. Oh, you know, you're, it, it's like um, drinking a tall glass of water in the desert. They, they can't get enough of it. They absolutely love the treatments. 
But, yes, it is very demanding. Um, so you're working around doctors and nurses. You have to knock on the door or the nurse may come in halfway through to do someone's observations um, or the team of doctors arrive. So you've got to be very flexible. There's no room for being too rigid. Oh, it's got to be this way. I mean, as long as you still maintain the integrity of your treatment and all the medical staff there absolutely value it, um, but you do you are in a hospital in an acute medical care environment, um, and so you have to be flexible. You have to have a very healthy sense of humour, a thick skin, um, and be you know be prepared to be flexible. Yeah. So it, it is demanding in that sense. Yes. What sort of knowledge do you feel that you require to be able to go into such an extreme environment? My experience working in a hospice and also at a, in a cancer centre was very helpful uh, in terms of what you see because the states that some people are in can be quite shocking. So I suppose rather like an experienced nurse or doctor, you know, the more experience you have, the better, really. The experience is invaluable and also recognising when people can be, they can be quite sort of grumpy and gruff, you know, they're in a lot... They're in a great deal of fear and a lot of pain a lot of the time. So it's sort of learning how to how to just hang around, maybe have a chat. It might take them a while to to warm up to the idea of having a treatment, and then and then they say yes, and then they love it, and uh, you you've broken the ice, really. Yeah. Do your patients in the hospitals do they expect you to understand about their illnesses and what? what it means to to have their illness well okay i mean i'm not a medical practitioner so i'm not required to understand exactly what's going on you know going on medically with them although as uh, you know in the year that i i was doing the treatments in the hospital you certainly gather information and it, it is interesting and i think important to read up about it so when the patient's describing a certain treatment, you know, I got to know quite a lot about bone marrow transplants and stem cell transplants and, and different types of treatment leading up to those procedures so that the, the patient can say to you, oh, I'm just about to have this. And, of course, you've heard of it before and you you know and understand what that might mean. Yeah. Um, so, so a little bit of knowledge is a good thing. Mm. Yes, yes. Now, tell us about the demystifying side of, of your job. <laughs> I'm sure as you, you guys understand, you know, a lot of the mainstream medical view is that, is that healing is kind of, you know, it's a bit flaky, it's not very, you know, and, and that they think we all wear our purple caftans and the waving joysticks around all the time. <laughs> um, so it's actually kind of going in there in a very down-to-earth, straightforward way, not looking, you know, keep the caftan wearing t for home. <laughs> and I do have a few. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, you know, it's going in looking looking approachable, not looking, not wearing your, your healing um, practice as your badge necessarily, yeah. going in looking approachable and, and, um, and being straightforward and, and not kind of going in and saying, oh, you know, uh, I, I have some special... You, yeah, you get going in really as a very normal person, I think, that's quite approachable, um, that doesn't... that ideally doesn't push anyone's buttons. So you can get in there, do your thing, and let the healing speak for itself. 
So do you as well use then different terminology what you would use in maybe your Reiki classes or in your private clinic? Um, yeah, I might do. You know, I mean, in this, well, not really different. I suppose I might not go into so much detail. So say I, I'm, I'm working in the hospital, I would um, knock on the door and I would say, they'd say, what's Reiki? And I would say, well, it's a very relaxing treatment. It, it, it might make you fall asleep. Um, I, I sort of might keep, depending on, the, on how much information I gauge the, the patient wants, I'll keep it very straightforward. It's a very gentle laying on of hands. My hands might feel hot at times or cold. Um, you know, sometimes you might feel a sort of tingling in your arms or your legs, or you might feel a bit emotional or, you know, so I really would gauge it very much on, on the particular patient that I was talking to. Sometimes less is more in that setting. And then, and then as, as, as they require or don't require more information, they'll, they'll ask. You talked about just before that about your hands being hot and cold. I think often mm. as well, one of the Reiki myths is that your hands always need to feel hot. Mm. You talk now about being your hands cold. Uh, is it a normal sensation you normally have when you do Reiki treatments? It's interesting. Not, not really. I would, I would say from, from, from my experience, heat is, is definitely the most common um, sensation that, that I feel in my hands, although sometimes very specifically, there can, you can feel a, a coolness. Um, and... And interestingly, in the, in the National Federation of Spiritual Healers training, they often talk about a sort of cool sensation. There can be a cool, a cool sensation to, to your hands. Or if you're working just above the body, between the hands and the person you're treating. So it varies. Do you have any hints for practitioners who might be interested mm. in becoming more involved with hospices or hospitals? It would be worth volunteering first of all if you if you're not asking for money from people they're much more likely to let you you know get your foot in the door ring up say that you can offer you know a couple of hours a week so look in your local directory for, for the local hospices the local cancer centers and ring up and say you've got some spare time to volunteer um, sometimes these these places won't uh, initially will say they won't they don't want reiki or healing but you can go in as a ward volunteer often which means you're not allowed to practice your healing but you get in there you sit and make people cups of tea you can openly tell them what you do and it may be that with permission you if someone asks you privately for a treatment that you can give it you have to ask the staff um for, for permission to do that, but that can be a way around red tape. And then, of course, once, you know, the treatments speak for themselves and, and the people who are nervous of it realize that there's nothing to be so worried about. It's straightforward. It, that's one way, but it's very important to be completely open about what you're doing. The other thing is you can go on the, on the web and um, if you type in the, sun, um, the Sam Buxton Sunflower Healing Trust, my old boss, Angie Buxton and Graham King, there's information there and their charity is set up. The purpose is to fund healers in hospitals and hospices, people working with cancer patients. So they certainly have lots of information and, you know, and are very open to any donations that might come their way. Um, as we all know that the various other therapies get quite a lot of funding and, and 
it's quite difficult to get to get funding um, as healers. So they they do a very good job, very important job there. Claudia, I also understand that at the moment you're preparing to talk to undergraduate medical students in Bristol. Yes, yes, it's really exciting. I've recently moved to Bristol. The the director of the um, training program is a woman called Leslie Y, and she's been running it for three years. And it's the third year undergraduate medical students. It's a month-long course for them and where, where they are where they dive into all different complementary therapies and how they can work in, with conventional medicine so that they have a really good understanding of these different therapies. And so when their patient asks them about them, or they can have open dialogue, because something like 60% of, of patients don't tell their doctors that they're interested in um, Reiki or healing or complementary therapies because they, they're worried that their doctors will be upset or angry with them. So this is about, you know, our medical students really having a good understanding of, of the whole spectrum. So and I'll be spending a day with them doing a quest- answer and question time where they can ask me about my experiences at University College and how healing worked so well in a really acute medical care setting. So it's very exciting. It's very exciting that they're that they're having this this training, you know, three years into their seven year course. So mm. it, it'll be, you know, providing a whole different <laughs> a whole different breed of doctor, really, you know, in a few years' time. It's very good. What did you see as a lot of the benefits from doing treatments on acute situations? Oh, okay. I'm really glad you asked me that question because. Um, I saw I saw amazing things happen, you know. I mean, it was just so wonderful to see the complementary working so well with conventional medicine. Lots of different occasions. I can give you a few examples. One was where um, a young girl was absolutely terrified of needles. She was shaking. She was crying. She was screaming. She had to have a cannula put into her arm, a drip. And um, they were going to have to give her a general anesthetic, um, which is really not what you want to do. It's not good. It takes too much time. You know, it's sort of impossible, really. Anyway, I built up a, a, a level of trust with her. I treated her for quite a while. And I happened to be there at the right time. So I sat with her. I started doing a treatment, one, head on, one hand on her head, one on her solar plexus. Very, very quickly, she began to relax, her breathing deepened, and sure enough, they could put the cannula in. Um, And fantastic, wonderful, you know, and that's, and it's also really exciting when the doctors and the nurses see that happen. You know, a lot of the time they might think, well, I don't care how it works, but it works. (laughs) I'm glad that this person is here to help me do my job. Um, Another example was, was a again someone who was uh, lots of examples of people who are needle phobic but other people who are in a great deal of pain and and the pain is mainly to do with fear and anxiety and tension so very quickly you start treating someone and they relax and the pain lessens um so yeah i mean i, I also angie uh, buxton and graham king have treated people while they're having bone marrow aspirates which is a, a really invasive and very, very painful procedure. Um, 
and and they help keep the patient calm and as pain-free as possible and still while the doctor's drilling into their um, spine basically to get bone marrow out so it's it is a you know it's a wonderful thing that healing can and does work in this in these settings and and really helps ease the distress and the pain of the patient I think it's great to see the complementary medicine and the Western doctors or allopathic medicines are actually working hand in hand together and really complement each other. Absolutely, they really, really do. Because as the as the Reiki practitioner, you have got your your allotted time. You know, where the doctors and the nurses are very, very busy. You're you're going in there. uh, You've got this. You've got the time, the extra time to be with the patient, to spend with them, to keep them, well, to, to help them through the most horrific, um, you know, and demanding uh, time in their lives. So it really is wonderful and, and fantastic that you can say a patient is very, lots of times I've seen patients that, who were very depressed, very low, and who responded brilliantly to, the, to, to Reiki, to the healing. And, and wonderful then, you have the team of doctors going in after you've given someone a treatment and they're sitting up in bed and they're smiling and they're interacting with the doctor, you know. So really the medical staff there were really seeing the benefits of, of these treatments. We were expected to write in the medical notes. We were fully integrated with the medical staff, which is just wonderful. Well, that's a really positive outlook for mm. many people who want to get out there and integrate Reiki into those sorts of situations and it can obviously yeah. be so helpful. Yes, absolutely. My advice is is just to get out the, I don't know what you call your local directory, we call it yellow pages over here, <laughs> but you look up these centres, ring up volunteer and don't be put off if someone says no thank you very much the first time. Look up the next place. It's only through offering your service that that one person will go, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a go. You know, so so really, just get out there, get out there, and do your wonderful thing. <laughs> Thank you, Claudia. That's been, <laughs> it's been a really enlightening and inspiring interview. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.